You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Welcome back to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from the beautiful land of Central Florida, the home of Mickey Mouse himself. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes out to listen to this episode. Uh, I suspect that this episode will be one of our more downloaded episodes based on the topic at hand. This is episode 78, and we are going to be answering the question, why is homosexuality a sin? Before I give you my answer, I want to start off by saying that I think in general, American Christians have done a very, very, very poor job of handling relationships uh, with gay people, uh, particularly people within their church. In general, there has been a stigma over this sin that seemingly doesn't exist over other sins. Like, I mean, we talked about this in a previous episode when we talked about depression. Like, we, we seemingly have stigmas about some things and not others, and that bothers me. Um, there are many, many people that have grown up in church that then feel, they begin to to deal with or begin to experience same gender attraction, and then in many cases feel rejected or isolated from their community of people that claim to be Christians. If you are a gay person listening to this, and if that has happened to you, or if you've been mishandled or mistreated by Christians in any way whatsoever, I just want to say to you, I am sorry. Like, legitimately, I am sorry that we have just not been great at this in the past, and I ask for your forgiveness. And I want to just also say that I don't know what you're feeling. Like, I'm a heterosexual male. It is completely unfair for me to assume that I understand what you're dealing with in this exact regard because I don't. And I know that there are probably many of you that have been mistreated or ostracized in one way or another because of your orientation. And I want to tell you that you ought to be treated with love and dignity and respect no matter what your orientation, your preference, or your behaviors. No matter what you and I believe, uh, whether we agree or disagree theologically, I am mandated, I am obligated to treat you with love and respect. And I hope to do that uh, with all my heart and as well as possible. And for any Christian that hasn't done that, uh, let me please say, I am sorry. And I would challenge Christians, like, listen, we sometimes pick certain sins over others to pick on. And I believe that we are typically being very inconsistent and very hypocritical. And that bothers me a lot. I mean, anyone who's listened to the podcast for any length of time, you know, I've mentioned this in several other episodes, uh, being inconsistent and being hypocritical bothers me. And so that is wrong. I want to challenge Christians to be consistent as to how we approach anything that we believe the uh, you know the Bible labels as sin. Now, with that preamble stated, let's dive into to the meat of the topic. And I specifically structured the question asking, why do we believe it's a sin? Because I believe that's an important question to ask. Like to me, it's never sufficient just to say, "Well, the Bible says so." Like that, that to me is not adequate. I always want to know why. I always believe there's a deeper reason why God has labeled specific things as sinful. And I want to ask that question. I want to go to the deeper level. You know, it's important to note that it wasn't like God just, you know, arbitrarily chose to discriminate against 
people who identify as gay. Like that, that's not what God did, right? Like I think some people w- would paint the picture that somehow God lined up all the behaviors of humans and just sort of arbitrarily said, okay, that one's sinful, that one's not. This one's sinful, that one's not. Like, no, no, it's not this random haphazard thing. Like God created a particular design and we are the ones that sometimes have chosen to go outside of that design. And so in the scripture, we see clear instructions that God gives us so that we can stay inside the design that he has created for us. And we also see in scripture truths and themes that help us understand the deeper levels as to why God designed us a particular way. And that's what I want to dive into in this episode. I do want to point out that the scriptures do clearly point to God's preference against homosexual behavior. Uh, we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, uh, homosexuality is, is, is listed right along several other sins. Um, Genesis 19, God destroys the city of Sodom and Gomorrah um, and because, because of the sin of homosexual behavior being rampant. We also see in Leviticus chapter 18 and chapter 20, God clearly condemning homosexual behavior. 1 Timothy chapter 1 talks about uh, you know, homosexuality being inappropriate. And then then the, the most famous verse is Romans chapter one. The apostle Paul talks about, uh, you know, people exchanging, uh, you know, natural relations for unnatural. And, and there's lots of debate amongst certain segments of people as to whether or not these verses do indeed condemn homosexuality and homosexual behavior. Uh, we, you know, we do have a segment of people that claim to be Christians that are saying that these passages of scripture have been misunderstood. They don't actually really condemn homosexuality. We will address uh, those objections in future episodes, I promise. I do believe that most of those guys have presuppositions. Like They're coming to the scripture trying to force it and shoehorn it to, to say that homosexuality is not a sin because they want to affirm maybe they're homosexual friends or they want to seem not bigoted. They want to seem nicer or more inclusive or whatever. And I do believe there are some bad exegesis, meaning like they're, they're unpacking the Bible in such a way that it misinterprets what the original authors were trying to tell us. And so I promise we will address that in future episodes. Uh, but for this episode, for the sake of time, I just want to clearly state that I do believe that the Bible does point to the fact that homosexuality and homosexual behavior is outside of God's design. Again, we're not labeling homosexual behavior, you know, haphazardly or arbitrarily as sinful. God has created us a function a certain way. Let me give you a metaphor. Car companies make cars typically to run on unleaded fuel, unleaded gasoline. If you determine you want to put something else in there, you're going against the design that the, the car was made with. You have a car that was designed to run on unleaded fuel, but then you determine you want to put diesel fuel in the engine. Well, your car then is not going to function properly. Someone will look at you and say, hey, that's wrong. Don't put diesel gas in your car. And it's not because they're being arbitrary or discriminatory. It's because they're encouraging you to stay within the bounds of the ideal design for that particular car. So when the Bible tells us to stay away from homosexual behavior, it is because God has deemed that behavior to be outside of his perfect design for us. Well, then that begs the question, what is God's perfect design for us? And why did God create us a certain way? And I believe it's because God created us to reflect him in a perfect way. Let's unpack that thought for a few moments together here. In the Bible, God gives instruction. God says that a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife 
And the Bible says they will become one. This is a moment when they come together, they have sex, and God does this supernatural, mysterious thing where God takes two people and he binds them together emotionally and spiritually. This is mysterious. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. I actually talked about this quite a bit back in episode 11 when I answered the question, why is premarital sex sinful? Um, And it is because God creates an institution, one man, one woman, who are lawfully committed to one another. And it is within the bounds of this institution, this covenant, that God supernaturally binds people together. And he does it in such a way that it demonstrates the unity of the character of God. The Bible says that a man shall leave his wife and excuse me, shall leave his mother, mother and father, cleave to his wife, and they shall become one. The, the Hebrew word there for one uh, is the word akkad. This is a word that, that talks about a plurality or a diversity, but we also see unity. Like between Adam and Eve, we see uh, plurality, like two separate people. We see diversity, two distinct, unique from each other, but we also see unity, unity where they're coming together for perfect unity. All, all of this reflects the Trinity, right? We talk about the, the doctrine of the Trinity, God being three in one. In God, we see plurality and diversity, but perfect, harmonious unity. Like That's why God creates Adam and Eve to reflect the Trinity. We talked a lot about this back in episode 58, why is God consumed with his own glory? And episode 70, why does God deter- how does God determine what is sin and what is not sin? I talked about the fact that God wants us to reflect him. So God created man and woman different to become one because the action of diversity coming into unity reflects the character of the Trinity. Now, some people would ask, why doesn't why didn't God create three genders if there's three persons of the Trinity? Uh, the answer, we don't really know, but it doesn't seem that God is trying to reflect his whole character through the creation of genders, but that rather he's simply trying to reflect his unity and his diversity. Like God is trying to explain to us that he is both perfectly united as one God and that he is diverse, that, um, that his relationship with amongst himself is unique. Like the Hebrew word akkad talks about, I mean, speaks to a plurality and a oneness. It's also used in the book of Deuteronomy when it says, the Lord thy God is one. The Jewish people would call this the Shema. They, they would chant this three times a day. They would say, the Lord thy God is one. The Lord thy God is akkad. That means, that, that Hebrew word literally means uh, there are many in perfect unity in one. So we see diversity and we see oneness. And we, as men and women, when we marry, we are we become a cod. We reflect the Trinity. God's desire is for us to mirror Him. Therefore, when two men have sex, they are not mirroring you diversity of the Trinity. So when two men have sex, they are not reflecting the perfect character and nature of the Godhead. They are actually reflecting something opposite of the Godhead. This is why it is wrong, because you are not reflecting God properly. As a human being, you have the image of God, and you are created to be his ambassador. And when you do something that doesn't reflect him, you are now crossing into the bounds of sin. You are going against God's ideal design. You have missed the mark that he set for you. You see, our understanding of creation and our understanding of the Trinity points us to the to the place where we can understand that homosexuality does not reflect the purpose for which genders are created and does not reflect the purpose for which sex was created. Therefore, engaging in that behavior violates and betrays the purpose for which God created those 
things. Now, certainly, I don't want to just pick on homosexuality. Like Any behavior in your life of any kind, sexual or otherwise, that does not reflect the character of God is labeled sinful. It's outside of God's ideal design. And that includes, obviously, homosexual behaviors. Now, if you are someone listening to this and maybe uh, you would call yourself gay or you're someone that's, that's wrestled through same gender attraction, I would love, love, love to dialogue with you. If you would allow me to be a part of your life, uh, you don't have to, you're not obligated, but if you would allow me the privilege and honor to to have a conversation with you, I want to invite you uh, to, to send me an email and would love to uh, you know have some conversation about this. The best way to reach me is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. Com. I mean this wholeheartedly. I would absolutely love to be able to dialogue with you uh, about this topic and maybe some of the things you've experienced. For everyone else, if you'd like to do more studying um, on maybe what the Bible says about homosexuality, I would love to point you in the direction of a great book recently written by a pastor I respect a lot, a guy by the name of Kevin DeYoung. He wrote a book called What Does the Bible Really Teach About Homosexuality? I would highly encourage you to go to Amazon or wherever books are sold pick a copy of that up. Also, I mentioned early in the episode, uh, there have been a variety of people claiming the Bible doesn't really say that homosexuality is sinful. Some of those guys are guys like Matthew Vines or a guy named Justin Lee. Uh, there's another guy named Ken Wilson. They've all written books recently. Uh, there have been some great writers that have responded to them. So guys like Tim Keller, some of the other writers at Gospel Coalition, a guy named Christopher uh, Yuan, uh, and uh, Rosira Butterfield, and several others, they have all responded to them uh, with some great essays. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to have those listed on the website. So if you head over to the show notes, go to theologyfortherestofus.com, find episode 78 in the show notes uh for, for this episode, there will be a list of those essays, the resources. You can click on those, and you can do a ton of reading uh, on that topic. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope it's been helpful and insightful. If you'd like to connect with me personally, the best way to do that is on Twitter. You can find me at Kenneth Ortiz. It's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. Our intro and outro theme music has been I'm Shipping Up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us.